0: Danny Wolf, I'm gonna start you out with an easy one, okay? How can we solve the mass existential crisis and disillusionment that comes with being a B2B marketer today?
1: You said start with an easy one.
0: Oh, it gets worse.
1: Oh, (laughs) shit, well. You should have said this ahead of time. I got to think about this. I mean, there are going to be a lot of awkward silences then.
0: Yeah. How do we solve the mass existential crisis or marketers becoming disillusioned, you know, being in B2B today, given all the crap everyone's dealing with?
1: How do you come? So I'm going to counter the question. How do you come across that observation that this is the current crisis?
0: Anecdotally, based on the conversations that I've had, Marketers being measured on things that don't really make sense, things that they can't really affect in a meaningful way, like closed one revenue, for example.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Being on teams where half your team is cut, the work doesn't go away. Sometimes it increases, and then getting burned out trying to hit those uh, those those metrics and those those goals that don't really make sense to be measured on in the first place. Then you combine that with having to do it with less resources and just being at a point where it doesn't really make sense anymore. And of course that is all anecdotal and just based on uh, people I've reached out to and uh, a lot of people that have reached out to me as well.
1: There's no easy answer to all of that, is there? Mm. I I mean, if anything, I think the first step would be deep, deep, deep introspection amongst those team members. And that's what does not that look easy like? to do. That that doesn't that's not easy to do. Cuz then it has to By the way, I don't know if this is the right answer. This is just what's coming through my head. this is therapy, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. That's not easy to do cuz that requires people to actually recognize that there's a lot of flaw happening. Like what what you're doing isn't maybe necessarily the right thing to do. Nobody likes to recognize that they're flawed, right? Nobody likes to go to therapy, but in, in my experience working in, in the security space, it's like more so than in other industries, we can't continue on the status quo. We can't continue doing what, what you've been, you know, you just listed out for the folks that, that are listening in and for me. It requires us to, to, to have that introspection and to really take a deep look of, uh, at whether or not this is the right direction. And like, you know, you might be doing that surface level, having the discussions on optimization, taking a look at the numbers, but then maybe still continuing on the same trajectory and the same route, which isn't really going to move the needle, uh, long-term for scalability and predictability. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. I, but I think the first step, if anything, is just have a deep look like, Hey, what are our customers saying? Do we have the data to see what customers are saying? If not, let's start capturing it because that deep intros- introspection isn't just internal, internal. It's also like on the on the periphery of it all. W- w- what's coming coming back to us? And if you're not capturing that, then you're going to be stuck in that spot for a long time and and like you know running in circles trying to t- trying to bite your tail. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. I think I think it's easier said than done. Yeah, I, yes. obviously. But I will bring up one thing that I know that you have discussed before: um, circumventing obstacles in terms of trying to get information that you need to better your efforts, your results with whatever you personally are working on. And I believe in this case, I, I saw you nod. You know what I'm talking about. In this case, research. Can you tell? Tell me about that.
1: I could go on for days about this. What do you wanna know? Be, be more specific. Tell me what you wanna know specifically and I'll, 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 kind of, I'll try and distill it as best I can.
0: What went into the decision to circumvent and when did you know that you were going to have to make that decision whether or not to do it?
1: Oh, when I knew that I needed to make the decision to do that was when I wasn't performing the way I wanted to perform. And I was sick and tired of not being promoted because I didn't have the numbers behind me, even though I knew I was fucking good at what I did. By the way, can we curse on this? Of course. Therapy session. Yeah. Um, and and also when I just got the the brutally honest feedback that like who the hell are you to say what you just said, and that was from a customer. I'm like, okay. Those two paired together, I do not want to feel that way anymore. And so, um take it an extra step when, when you're also not getting invited to the table, uh, to listen in on analyst briefings, when you Mm -hmm. don't have the data to really understand people behaviorally, like psych, you know, the psychographic data, which you need to capture as a marketer when you don't understand motivation, because it's not in Salesforce and sales doesn't want to talk to you. They have their own agenda, right? And customer success doesn't give you the time of day. And the customer success doesn't give you access to customers to talk to That's when I realized that that introspection, that introspection is on me. So taking back to the, the, the first question is like, yeah, we need to understand things. Internally, as a team, but you need to under you need to understand things about yourself and what you're doing wrong and how to alleviate that or mitigate it. You're responsible. You're accountable for that. And so, that's that to me was the 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 change moment. Going through all those pain painful experiences, um, and it was scary to do because. I didn't have approval per se. I didn't have budget. And God knows when you work in a startup, you don't have time. Mm, yeah. So you, you gotta, you just gotta, you know, bust through it and do it and kind of, again, take a take a deep look at what you're doing also tactically. Like, am I spending the right, the, am I spending my time on the right things that are moving the needle? Yes, no, no, kill it then put in the circumventing and the research in instead and see where that see where that that's the experiment see where see where it takes you
0: yeah that's that's actually one thing i was going to ask you about is what did that look like in terms of tactics was it just like direct outreach or getting files, or you know just reaching out just hey i'm from we we need to chat
1: it started out Again, it started out with so I could chunk it in phases the realization that there's a big problem, the realization that I'm spending time on things that are super trivial and not moving the needle, and then the realization that I need to access data. Next step access data from what I see might be internal, whether it's recorded calls, Salesforce notes spending time with internal stakeholders who are customer facing like sales, customer success, even the CMO Um, understanding also, by the way, what are their goals? So that when you go to look at data, how can you take that data and pair it to their objectives? But then, but then I realized, okay, well, that's not enough. And so the next step was we have to talk to customers. And if I can't talk to the actual customer because God forbid you you talk to an opportunity, you know, and you fumble a deal or th- that's the perception, which is false, in my opinion. Um, mm. If you're good at what you do and you know how to navigate a, a conversation, which comes with practice, you shouldn't be fumbling a deal and you state what your intentions are. Um, so the next best thing is, is the buyer, like who is my ideal customer? Do I know that? Is, is it, is it the person, the last person that bought us or is it a group of people? So, so that's where you kind of get good at understanding what, what ideal customer is to the, the people who are yeah. best fit to, to buy from you based off of revenue data and then find those people and outreach and say, Hey, this is my intention. This is what I want from you. This is what I'm going to get. If no, just say, no, I don't, you know, we can move on, have a good day. That's it not looking to sell anything, just getting looking to get feedback. Do you, do you want to help me? And I've been really successful in in capturing those conversations because of stating the, those exact things on the outreach through LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a very powerful tool. And it's not through yeah. LinkedIn sales navigators through like direct connection. Hey, like this is who I want to connect with. This is what taking a look and listening, what they're talking about online, engaging with them and then coming in for the ask. I'd like to pick your brain a little bit more. Are you interested? Here's why. Here are the intentions. Here's how long it's gonna take. If you're not interested, just say no.
0: How many no's did you get? Three out of
1: a hundred plus?
0: I'd I'd say that that motion went pretty well then. Like when you're yeah when you're on that journey is it i'm just going to ask for forgiveness rather than permission are you trying to fly under the radar are you considering the ramifications if you know like if you're confident in your conversational abilities and you you know that there's you don't want a deal dropped or something like that but how are you preparing yourself if somebody has a problem with it
1: here's what our customer said it wasn't me here's evidence why so in the beginning i was like oh well they're gonna slam some you know my boss might slam me because i'm spending time doing this nope why in the holy hell would anybody yell at you for getting to know your customer base if they are think very carefully and think hard about the people you're working for if anything that's going to get you a seat at the table
0: yeah i don't know if there's another human on the planet that could have put it any better than that right there that's one of those things that once you start looking at it from a different perspective and going what are the motivations what are the intentions of the people that are making these kinds of decisions that are well it at its base like just preventing you from being more effective at what you're trying to do, yep,, and of course, you know a lot of the times we're we'll never get those answers. We're always going to wonder it, but is that once you start to see those type of things, is that when you start reevaluating and can you kind of see the writing on the wall and just this is not sustainable for me personally? like being in 100%. that situation, being in that situation that you were in, as you're doing that research and just trying to get better at your job, what's going through your mind? Are, are you looking for the door?
1: No, not um, maybe subconsciously. If anything, I'm looking at myself and maybe kicking myself in the ass a little bit and, 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 and thinking like, what the hell have I been doing for the last decade? Why didn't I start doing this much sooner? Because I kept saying, You gotta know your audience, you gotta talk to your audience, you gotta know who you're marketing to, you gotta understand them. Yeah, okay. Everybody says it. Yet nobody's doing it, and nobody's showing you how to practically do it, and nobody's like very few are. Let's just say, not nobody, very few are mastering that.
0: It would appear that you found out, in addition to all those things you just stated, that there are actually people that would prefer that you not.
1: I don't know if it's uh again it's an assumption so so that I've never been explicitly told no 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 but it's been like well what about this and we have to do this but but then I come to the table and I say but that's not effective that's when people don't like to hear that's what people don't like to hear like wh- wh- when you push back and say well why are we doing this the evidence says otherwise that's when there there a little bit of friction occurs but then as as a researcher and as a marketer you have to come to the table and and and, and you have to say well this is my domain i do xyz i do digital demand or demand or events or whatever your, your role is i have the evidence that says this we're going to do this program these are the results we're going to get even if you don't have you know a lot of data behind you but you have evidence It's as a marketer, we're all experimenters, experiment and have a plan behind it, have a hypothesis, you have the evidence, run the experiment, come back to the table, create the program um, holistically. And so I I don't think I I, I ran for the door, but I I was definitely like questioning myself and my and my tactics. And that's where like my eyes were really wide open. I'm like, holy, holy hell, what did really? What did I do for the last 10 years? Uh, what needs to change? How am I gonna how am I gonna change the whole like everything that I learned in different verticals in the last 10 years or 12 years or 13 years or however long? I don't even know how long I'm
0: in tech. Um so I, I hear you say, What the hell was I doing? What mm-hmm. why am I doing this? Why was, why was I not doing this? Is it that you specifically were like I I know you fairly well. Like you take supreme ownership and I love that. It's awesome. It's extremely admirable. But is there a chance that in that situation that you were going through, that maybe that's just what everyone thought that role was at that yes. point? And you, and you just 100%. had a completely different idea of it?
1: Yes. 100%. Can you tell me about that? I- I'm trying to. Like I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think like about the role that I've been in and it's diff, It different in, in different organizations because I worked with different people. Sure. I worked with different personalities. I worked with different, uh, circumstances, you know, whether or not, um uh, you know, uh, a superior had left and a new one came came in and it mm. just, it's so unique. So, I mean, I, I could kind of maybe break it down, but it, it's just, Maybe not, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can answer it. I, I between us, want to tread very lightly with what I say.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, I, well, the, the the reason I ask is because I, I've I've been trying to go to a place in my, allow myself to go to a place in my head where I consider the different roles on a yes. marketing team, uh, yes. specifically in, in B2B. And just look at them. 10,000 foot view and then zoom in as much as I possibly can. And I go, if I were a marketer, would I have created this role? Would I assign these specific things to a human that has that title? Does that make sense that that individual is responsible for these specific things? And then then I start to think about things like is all this just made up and nobody's really anything? We're all just marketers, we're all creative, analytical, human, relationship focused people that just want to form authentic connections. That's it, those are the requirements.
1: No, not everybody's like that, sadly. Mm. Not everybody thinks like that, not everybody feels like that, not everybody has a mission like that. Some just Come to work, do things, and go home. That's I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get paid for it.
0: Some, and that's that's totally fair. Yeah, I get that. Some
1: are that, and some have a hard time doing that for one reason or another. It could be neurodiversity. It could be uh, comfort level not connected to neurodiversity just comfort level what what, what's in my kind of like wheelhouse when it comes to communication um domain you know specific domain experience in marketing it's so like there's so many different nuances It's, it's it's hard i i don't know if i can Let's kind of go back to to your original kind of question regarding this. what What's the intent of the question so that I can kind of better align my answer?
0: Yeah, gotcha. So our basically, what is the mindset of marketers as a whole? like people that like know, this is what I do. like not not the the folks that like you mentioned, just this is my job. I just do my thing hmm, you know, I'm, I'm here for the paycheck. What, what, however you want to classify that. But like the, the people yep. that are really invested in marketing as a, as a craft, we'll call it that. What is that, what does that mindset look like? And if that is the same with a whole group of marketers within different like roles, does that just mean that people with that particular type of brain can just do any type of marketing? You know that's kind of where i went like the you 99 know, of the job descriptions on linkedin for different types of marketers life cycle tension content like it it's all the same and so i got you know that's kind of where i was going with that
1: yeah i mean by you know by trade i think uh anybody could learn anything if they're willing to um in marketing so they can actually you know do do it all um i think it's what people are passionate about and what people like doing that's uh, where they fit within the the mold of different marketing uh, functions but in security i think specifically the the, the unique thing about security uh marketers in security is that there's this uh not everybody again i i, I don't want to bucket everybody in in here but there are there's sure. a larger percentage of people who are super passionate and relentless to um you know affect change protect the world really roll up sleeves who are like who have grit more so than in other verticals that i've seen perfect
0: word yeah
1: um so, if there's anything like, because of that grit, they're willing to do what it what needs to be done to get the job done, to persuade audiences, to help people, to educate people, to connect them to the right people, to um, whatever whatever it is, right? Um, there's a willingness to kind of go beyond what is the traditional or the norm of their own role to get the job done. That's what I've observed in, in this space, not again, not everybody more so though in, in this vertical than in others that I've worked in. Um, and I think that's because just because of the, the nature of of this industry, like the 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 mission of this industry. Um, does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, it is. Kind of. It is a, a beast of its own. And it, it's it's a really good call out because you have um, you have certain industries that certain types of brains gravitate towards. I think security is certainly one of them. For a couple of different reasons, I, I think you hit the main one. Like, how many marketing professionals do you hear when they're talking about like the industry that they work in use the word mission? I've never heard of any. You know, it's like it's, or it might be maybe healthcare or you know something something like that. But it, I would, I would guess that it it's pretty rare. You know, to to find that level of commitment to either a greater good or a mission, or just or, or maybe less than that, just everybody being on the same page and like, oh, we we know what we're supposed to do here, like a sense a sense of purpose. Yes. And so, here's a question for you: If you're one of those marketers that knows that they ha- like, this is what they want to do. Like that's their craft and they want to affect some sort of meaningful change somewhere, or they want to have a more purpose-driven career, but they're, you know, running a social media m- media account for a bakery somewhere. Like, what do you say to those people? Like, is there some words of affirmation or, you know, a path they can walk down or, you know,
1: So I'm going to split it to two camps, the camp that's already working here in security and the camp that wants to come into the security space. I I actually, you know what, this applies to both camps. Think very hard about your true intention for working in the security space because it is a challenging industry to navigate. It's very saturated. We all know that it's like kind of the-
0: Sure. Uh, it's just a running statement joke of, statement of
1: the decade um yeah. but beyond that it's like it's fast it's fast it's fast evolving there's a lot of stuff going on it's scary at times because this is like we're dealing against like real threat yeah. um and and those factors together require you to be again sharp relentlessly curious so connected to your buyer more than other industries because of again because of all the factors fast-paced changing people change threats are popping up and down um, motivations and behaviors of adversaries are changing they're becoming more sophisticated like think very hard about your intention for coming into the space or staying in the space like if you can't handle it if you can't have that grit and roll up your sleeves you either go or you don't come in That's the number one piece of advice I would get to anybody working as a marketer in the space. And because of all that, it is so critical for marketers to be so obsessed with the customers that they're trying to persuade, because you can't persuade these people without understanding them deeply. Do CRO, do it all, do all that, like go make the website better, but why? Do I need to? Is it enough? Am I touching on the right things? Am I setting up the right conversion rate experiments? That's not where you start. When you come into this industry, or if you're in this industry, take a good look if you understand who you're trying to market and sell to. If you don't understand, start go back to the foundation, start all over again. It's
0: not too late. What would you say to the marketers that would answer that? Homework assignment by just writing an ICP.
1: Where did you get the data from to write the ICP? One. How do you how how do you like where did you get the data to write the ICP and all the parameters that you need for for defining a, an ideal customer profile? Do you have the data? And I'm not talking about pharmacographic and demographic data. I'm talking about the qualitative, the behavioral data, the 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 motivation, the need, the pain. Do you have all that?
0: Like, really, really
1: have the the true stuff. Do you have the evidence?
0: Or we got a list of CISOs from Zoom Info.
1: Okay. And where's the evidence? Who said it? (laughs)
0: Right. Yeah. It's going beyond like firmographic and all that stuff and learning like titles and roles of buying committees and, and whatnot. Like, what how deep are you talking because I think that's what what anybody listening would really benefit from is when you say like go that extra mile and then go some more what does that look like in this world
1: Clark you saw my list of data points (laughs) you saw the list that we need to pull um (laughs) you have look you you can go deep you can have the profiles already preset but like i said like get the evidence yourself look at the words the verbatim words they're saying um look at sentiment look at again like the buyer's journey is behavior in essence and i like how people say it's so complex and it's here and there and it's like this and that but it could be simpler than all this that they're saying on you know ab you know the abm stuff or the charts they're putting up
0: everybody's seen those graphics with like yeah like it's not linear it's squiggly
1: fine okay but where what how like give context to that get the true definition uh that pairs with those buckets it's not enough to just say that where where is it where like some people people don't do the work to find the evidence behind it am i making sense like i don't know how to articulate it it's like you you got to see they're they're
0: speaking they're speaking in absolutes when they're unaware of the fact that it's a very nuanced conversation
1: yes yes
0: and you know we we see that a lot on linkedin in the Mm -hmm. echo chamber there's a lot of there's a lot of absolutes a lot of this is dead don't do this anymore and it's i i was talking with someone the other day about like if, if i'm a vp or a cmo like that terrifies me that my team is just on LinkedIn, getting marketing advice from people not in their industry that that it could just be wrong. Like just because someone's got 30,000 followers, doesn't mean they're good at their job. Like that's, that's crazy to me. It's crazy that, that all like, I, I get the ease of distribution and content creation. Like, sure. I get it. You know, I I spun up this podcast in like a day. Like here, here we are, and we can just say whatever we want. But when your your team is going out and just getting fed a fire hose full of marketing adjacent nonsense, and then putting that into action, like you're you're yeah. in for a world of hurt.
1: In in my journey of um doing research on buyers and people i realized that in the questioning in my questioning i've had to steer away from the set questioning because research has so many different like different people who do research their objectives are different and when your objectives are are different. The line of questioning is different. And when you develop these ICPs, yeah, you have set kind of parameters of what to look at. But when you work on a team as a marketer, right, that has to, you know, do content, has to spin up ads, events, website, product, and product marketing, like, again, not everybody does all this. But when you have broad roles, the objectives are different. And so when I say go deep, each marketer is responsible for their own research because your objective is different. Product marketing doesn't understand content marketing, or event marketing or digital objectives better than the actual accountable person running that function they're not going to go find the insight for you so you're going to have to run based off of assumption not backed by evidence that's fine you could run on assumption and hypotheses you need evidence so the problem with those icps is sometimes they're not tied to the objective of the person who needs to read that and understand the icp i'm a content marketer now i've never been a director of content it's weird very very weird i've been i was gonna touch on that
0: like can we all say that like yeah Yeah. what what are you doing what are you
1: doing (laughs) doing (laughs) but my job is to educate a broad community through content and eventually convert them to business my role as a content marketer my my responsibility is to understand who i'm trying to persuade before anything and sometimes those icp like i said those icp cards don't touch on the questions that i have what kind of content resonates with them what channels what formats the length that is nowhere in the icp card so when i look at these again i'm kind of going off on a tangent and i don't know if we were like aligned with the original questioning. when i look at these Recommendations online on LinkedIn, they're all great and valid. Like, here's a list of a hundred questions to ask. But that's also trivial. And that's a waste of time. Yep. For some people. Not all, not for all. Maybe for the 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 you know, small teams that you know do a lot of different things in marketing. But like for the larger teams, um, I'd say even maybe like series B up who have uh, five to seven plus marketers who are doing different functions. That's trivial because it doesn't apply to everybody. Like you have to align your questions to what your objective is. And a lot of the times marketers don't know what their objective is when they're talking to their customers and my assumption, and I haven't validated it yet. yet, My assumption is that people don't do the research because they don't know what they need to know. Ah, Please I, am not say sure if I'm one easy. more
0: time. Yes. So, yes. so in, say in my,
1: again. in my journey of doing customers and I've fallen victim to this too. It's like, I didn't do the research in the beginning. Cause I didn't know what I needed to know because I was so concerned with doing things that weren't moving the needle before taking a step and saying, okay, let's assess, let's figure out what I need to know, what I need to know right now." is why in the hell this person is working in security because it's so fucking stressful two why and how do they buy that's it that's all I want to know but then when I started like when I mastered that because as demand gen marketer you kind of want to know the broad picture the buyer's journey and stuff yeah. still too broad in my opinion I think demand gen can go super deep on customer research questions agreed but that was good enough then I realized when you master the buyer's journey and it's consistent across the board, you can kind of get a little bit more nuanced. You can kind of get a little more specific on, on things you want to know. And that's when I realized a lot of people don't know what their objective is that, that ties to, to, um, the conversations they need to have with customers, they assume that it's just buyer's journey, decision criteria, success criteria, triggers, whatever. It's not only that it's so much deeper than that
0: that's one of those conversations that like if you're if you're in a situation like that you're in trouble because if like that that goes up and that goes down like you're stuck in the middle of having no ideas and bad ideas you know if if you don't know what you're supposed to know in what direction do you even start to walk to figure that out because if you don't already have it then the person that was supposed to give it to you didn't and yeah. that's a problem
1: well there's hope um you're you're in trouble if you don't take a minute to stop and figure that okay may, maybe we need again to the you know reverting back to the beginning of the conversation have we really taken a look at what we're doing wrong or right and i'm not just talking about the metrics like mm-hmm. uh you know we're not getting enough uh visibility or traffic or what no take a deeper look at the qualitative side of things take a deep look internally amongst your team um, sit with yourself also and and take a look at what the customers are saying with regards to what your KPIs and metrics are. Are they the right KPIs and metrics also? Then you can figure out, okay, well, what do I need to know in order to flip the script there? And it'll take time to what I need to know. Like you come up with different kinds of objective objectives and set a, a quick line of questionings, questioning based off of those objectives, based off the decisions that you really need to make. That's when you'll start shifting away from I'm in trouble to there's hope to I figured it out and we're going to make some changes here to this is working because I have the evidence backed by it and then that's where when you're going to get a seat at the table and level up in your career
0: it's it's only at that point where you're able to approach it from a qualitative state but you you have leveled up so much that you knew to get quantitative proof to be able to go after the qualitative. Yes.
1: yes. That's a
0: that's that is that is such a hard journey as a marketer to get to that point. Like you're you're playing an RPG. Like you're playing a video game and you're the main character and there's no map. There's no objective. No one's telling you what to do. Well, actually, it's worse than that. Everyone's telling you something to do, and you have to go. I've got to glitch my way out of the map somehow. Oh I'm man, rails. I've got. I've got to go there. How do I get there?
1: Oh wow, it resonate. It resonates really hard because I was at that. Sp- I was in that spot where. I felt like I was in in that kind of video game doom. I, I envisioned doom the 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 mazes and you're, and you're going through these doors and you have to kind of like, you have to go forward in order not to get eaten, but there's a level up somewhere. There's some cheat code to like get you to just be invisible or like have a force field around you the whole time. I know it sounds a little bit cliche, but but now that like i've spent a good a good three years doing this every week it's like i see things differently it's weird i just realized especially now coming in to a role from being out of fte for a year and a half
0: mm, doing yeah.
1: the, the re- really deeply doing the research like nonstop. like i did research while i was fte before i launched audience first uh as a company but now that i come into a role i see things differently it's the weirdest thing ever um it's refreshing but it's really weird and it's like whoa i mean this just makes sense um again we're going on i'm going off on a tangent but like
0: this i'm just the exact there's tangent. just so much i ma- wanted to go down
1: there's just so much more confidence there's just so much more clarity there's more um predictability which is gonna like which is gonna be sustainable for nucleus which is gonna be sustainable for audience first because the nice the nice thing about also qualitative research is that you don't need massive data sets to see the trends you don't need 800 survey participants it's enough to talk to ten to twelve or ten to fifteen people, and you already nailed it. That's it.
0: Rather than basically do the equivalent of unresearched cold outreach, sending in mails to people, going, "Hey, can you fill out this Google form?" No,
1: absolutely not. Val- well, yeah, but there. Look, I there's value in 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 surveys, for, and 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 quant- there's value in quantitative well, research too. Sure. But this this format, right. especially when you're budget constrained, time constrained, and need to need to look at the body language and the words coming out of people mouth, people's mouths, that like that's just such low barrier there for you.
0: You know, it's interesting that and you that mentioned that, doom. If if we can go yeah. back to that for just a second. Because I I have a weird question. Of all the video games, Doom, which I'm I'm assuming that you you did the motion like you're walking down the hallway, right? So like old school Doom, where it's just hall after hallway after hallway. So let me ask you this. What is it about having your hands tied behind your back and not being able to do what you know for a fact you're supposed to be doing and what you need to do to succeed at whatever objective you're trying to reach what about that makes you claustrophobic
1: it's hard to know well it's hard to accept and to swallow that you know you should be doing uh, things a certain way but because you're not the leader and and you can't like and you're dealing with some personalities who want things a certain way like, even when you make the case, you, you're working with people who ha- want things done a certain way, and it's really disempowering and it sucks at the, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to let some people down and you're going to, you're going to fail and it sucks. And it's not good to be in that situation. Now, maybe I didn't good, do a good job of, of um, you know, uh, educating people or educating stakeholders or convincing stakeholders otherwise maybe not so i can't necessarily blame people for needing to do their jobs based off of what they know they 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 do that's why it's so hard like I, we talked about we kind of talked about this in the middle of the conversation about roles and people and experiences and like it's it's complex um and so that's why i also say insecurity in any industry really be very selective sadly it's hard to do that because people need people need to put food on the table sure. but if you can be selective about the people you work for and work under
0: it's a really good point you know i i like the point you make about just being being selective and obviously not everyone's going to be In a situation where they can do that 100% of the time, how how do you assess the risk of going to work at an org that you know is not going to work out like you think it is?
1: Do I have the mental and emotional capacity to take this on and just suck it up? That's how I assess the risk. Can you
0: accept the stress? Fair enough. Another question on. Internal conversations like that, like you, you did kind of double back and go, well, maybe, maybe I didn't fully understand the situation as a whole. I didn't have all the exact information, but I made a decision to do it. So, when it comes to those type of conversations, is the fact that often we don't understand the nuance it takes to come to a favorable outcome for everybody. Is that in some way responsible for the fact that we're still marketing to personas rather than human beings? Are we just putting everybody in a box so we can put everybody in a funnel, including ourselves?
1: Let's break that question down so that I, one, understand uh, if I understood correctly, and two, uh, so that I answer meaningfully. Because I I perceived it as, initially, did I understand what my bosses were going through? That's one. No, I did not. Um, your second, your, your, so the, the, the essence of your question, can you repeat that for me, please?
0: The nuances in the way we make decisions, the way we have conversations internally, uh, the way that people speak on LinkedIn in absolutes, like everything mm-hmm. is either this or this. They don't want me to do this, they do want me to do this email marketing's dead, email marketing's amazing. Those kind of absolutes and the unwillingness to recognize the nuance, is that what leads us to not pay attention to our audience and to not realize that they're all individual human beings? Is that why we try to Mm -hmm. shove Mm -hmm. them down the same funnel?
1: Mm 100%. 100%. What do we do? Oh man, I don't know at this point, (laughs) honestly
0: i think that's a reasonable answer i
1: i I really really don't know i'm i'm trying to figure it out i really i'm trying to figure it out i don't know to navigate it Uh, the the best thing i could do that i can think of right now is continue educating people of the the impact of remaining in status quo and the impact of doing what you just laid out there i don't have the sometimes the alternative isn't very crystal clear it's very again to your point very nuanced very specific across different audiences, uh, strategies, segments, whatever. I don't know. I wanna noodle on that question. Yeah, for sure. But but I'm trying to figure it out. I know you are too, so.
0: Yeah, it, it's weird to just kind of boil it down to a simple question on a podcast amongst friends. However, what that question really is, is how do we fundamentally change the in- like the entirety of the way humanity looks at B2B as a whole.
1: You will not be able to do that.
0: Right, right.
1: You won't, but if you can move the needle by 1%, that is infinitely better. And that's a lot, 1% is a lot.
0: I, I would say from where we're sitting, yeah, it, it it has to be, right? I don't know how, unless we just revert back to buying Ads in the phone book. I don't know <laughs> the backwards or that we could go. Like we're we're still uh, trying to drag everybody kicking and screaming, like I post on LinkedIn, into just doing something with their brand, just trying to be recognized, doing literally anything that you know. Hey, we're not gonna be able to track this, but everybody's gonna think it's really dope, and they're gonna talk about it a lot. Like no, it it's not fun. No one yep. does anything fun yep and by fun i mean memorable everybody's saying the same thing so nobody's saying anything
1: break that down a little bit for me what you mean by that because some to me memorable doesn't have to be fun to me memorable can be very simple it's hard to define it human like um i i I don't have any good examples right now but less of what like less of the same is what i'm saying
0: sure uh it doesn't necessarily have to be fun to be memorable right but it needs to create an emotional response that is memorable Think the dove beauty campaigns Mm. right there you go no no one would in b2b would remotely consider anything close to that at all ever yeah And, and here i go speaking in absolutes like but you know that's the needle we're trying to move but like it it is to the point where i'm like no. Nope. Mm. Can I attribute you know, that?
1: Like, it's thinking, mm. you know, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of a dove campaign. I can't remember anything apart from maybe something in the in the late 90s, but um
0: I want to say the, that the camp
1: was the, the campaign the, the most memorable campaigns that are fun for me and I don't know if you've seen them are the the Carl's Jr. campaigns where this girl just it's like there's no music and guys yes. and girls are just chomping into a hamburger and the crunch and the drip that to me is no. super emotional <laughs> but then again yeah, i love food, enough. so i don't know that like it's the only campaign i can remember can't and maybe the fedex super bowl one where um the caveman the caveman yeah. kick kicked the little dinosaur um, and then
0: dollar shave club okay like that viral video that yeah. Oh boy shot in his warehouse for three dollars and turned it into two billion, right? Yeah. Just those memorable experiences, or, or there's yeah. a component of virality to that as well, but the common denominator is that every single one of those companies are B2C companies.
1: Yes, and the common denominator is that they've done deep, deep focus groups and deep uh, research on their audiences at scale because B2C is obviously there are a lot of consumers, right? There aren't a lot of, well, there are a lot of businesses. There are a lot of B2B buyers. It's harder to tap into the B2B buyer to understand emotion. Start now. It it doesn't take a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot of time. You don't have to do it relentlessly every, every week you do it once a month, but understand who you're trying to get to under understand who you're trying to capture from an emotional uh, standpoint. So, so that you could tie in the fun, the boring that resonates and, and extracts emotion and in essence,
0: virality. And on that note, folks, that's a wrap. That was extremely, extremely well said. I think there's a, there's so much to unpack. There's so much to take away. And I want to know how many people are going to start this video over and just listen again because you, you're dropping bombs here. like it's awesome <laughs> i will i kind of like absolutely I forgot, awesome
1: i forgot what i said but i i uh Same. i appreciated you know, this conversation
0: yeah yeah absolutely so everyone out there i'm uh listening and watching all of danny's information will be in the description below danny thank you so much for being here this is demand gen therapy hope you had fun
1: i had a great time thanks for having me